0: Hey everybody! I never do this. I never plug things at the top of the episode, but a personal plug here for something I'm very, very excited about. I'm doing an off-Broadway show. It's 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 a really daunting step in my career, but I'm I'm excited, and I wanted to make sure beautiful anonymous listeners knew about it. It's a, it's a it's a, a dark show, but it's very funny. It's being presented by none other than Judd Apatow, and if you're in the New York area, you want to come. I'd love to see you and Meet you. You can find info about it at www.careersuicideshow.com. Thanks for putting up with this plug. Let's get to it. Hello, five foot three graffiti artists. You're going to love this one. Thank you for listening. My name is Chris Gethard, and this is Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People. One phone call, one hour, no names, no holds barred. Rather
1: go one-on-one I think it'll be more fun And I'll get to know you And you'll get to know me It's
0: a call I am fascinated by it. I have been flipping back and forth in my mind What to think about it Because there's so many things From a person who's lived an admittedly Very, very wild life I mean, what do I tease? Do I tease the meth? Do I tease the Nazis? There's so many so many things to tease to keep you listening, but I think what I'll tease most of all is keep listening because uh, this guy has a lot of crazy stories to tell, but but throughout the course of the phone call, he lets us know where a lot of it comes from. gets a little more genuine. He also lets us know about where it's going because as you'll learn very early on, new life development means this guy has to actually process this stuff. And uh, yeah, he just, uh, just like anybody else, he saw the number on Twitter, he called up, he put it all out there. I thank him for that. And now uh, we can all listen in like the filthy voyeurs we are. Enjoy the call.
1: Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate
0: when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hey, how's it going? It's
1: Going good. How you doing? I'm all right. Good, man. That's good. Uh, first time, long time. Oh,
0: thanks. Well, I'm glad you called in.
1: Yeah. I uh, I've been hope, I've been trying to call in the last few times but every time uh I'm always too late.
0: Well, you nailed it. You nailed it this time.
1: Yeah. I got it this time. Right on the money. I'm waiting <laughs> for my kid to wake up and he just did.
0: Oh, wow. So that so. that's a real monkey wrench. Um, well,
1: he's kind of, uh, great, so, oh, you mean in my life or just in the, uh, call?
0: I figured that if you had to tend to a child during the course of the call, that was a monkey wrench, which you didn't seem concerned with, but then Um, life, it sounds like you might have some.
1: No, he's pretty great. He, uh, he's six months old, so he can't talk a lot, but he might be making some noises for
0: you. Wow, that's cool. Congrats. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah
1: yeah it's uh it's been an interesting few uh it's been an interesting year
0: okay uh
1: leading up to him what's that mean? Um, uh, well i uh i lost my job bartending uh about a uh, back in 2014
0: oh that sucks um
1: and this is when i was like my uh, the doctor uh, that i was with through uh, SAG prescribed me Adderall uh-huh for my ADD. And so I got, um, I had a, like, when I was younger, like 13, I got uh, introduced to uh, meth from a homeless guy that was living in my backyard.
0: And, Whoa, that's, uh, that's a crazy, yeah, yeah, that's weird
1: a, shit. I, I lived a pretty weird life, bro. That's a hell of a but, sentence uh, to so be able yeah, to say. I'll, yeah. I'll just kick that back in. Oh no. And so I uh, ended up getting really speedy and then I started smoking weed again and, it turned into this big mess and like all the demons started coming out and I ended up cheating on my wife oh, no. and then I ended up being very honest and coming forward and coming out to her because, uh, I've always been uh more trans amorous, uh, into trans women.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And so, and so I was finally upfront and honest about it with her and it's just, uh, And then four months later, when I after that we found out, or uh, five months later we found out she was four months pregnant. So now I got this little guy who's amazing. Wow! And me and my wife are trying to figure out how to uh, split apart.
0: Trying to figure out how to split apart. So she didn't take the the transamorous revelation so well then.
1: Uh, not one bit. (laughs) Not one bit. Wow. So I'm a- well, I don't think it was as much that she took that. Like, she's fine with me being that. I think it's more that the cheating on her and like we right. planned this whole life together. We, we, I mean, we have a house, we have all this thing. So, like, I was able to get off the Adderall and all that stuff and start like focusing more. And my career's been getting more kicking the high gear. So things are good. But yeah, there's just this big thing on the table that we don't know what to do with so we don't know how to like spread and she wants to move to missouri and that's way far away from la yeah
0: wow i'm gonna go ahead and say this it's the most action-packed first two minutes We've ever had on this show.
1: Oh, it's only been two minutes? I thought we were already like almost towards the end. Shit.
0: <laughs> no, man. We're only a couple minutes in and you've already dropped. I don't even know what to ask about first. There's a lot. There There's is. A lot going on. Why was there a homeless, guy living, the homeless guy living in your
1: backyard? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go chronological. So, yeah. you going to stop with that? <laughs> you're going to start with that? Uh, yeah. Then, all right. Let's <laughs> jump at that. Okay, so um, <laughs> my dad built uh, this gigantic two-story treehouse in our backyard. Come on. Kids. Come on. That you g- know, like two stories. Like, it was, we had a park in the backyard. My dad is, like, my dad's an actor, and he was, like, by the time I was born, he was already well-established. So we ended up, like, having money. And then we ended up not having money for a long time when he had, like, a big, long period of not working. So... But at that time, we had a two-story clubhouse. And then after him and my mom broke up, uh, I was, like, 13. And I was, like, this punk rock kid. And I just, like, started smoking weed with my brother's friends who were, like, all three years older than me. And I thought it was so cool. And I was down, like, on the boulevard. And I found this homeless guy with what who he said was his brother. And uh, he was 19. And... Then he said, like, let's go uh, over to this house and we're going to go, like, go in and get some money. And I was like, well, me and my friend were like, oh, yeah, because he was older and we we're like, all right, this is cool. Um, He said he was 15. He turned out he was like 19, about to be 20. Uh, he told me we went into the house. He gave us a bat and said, if anybody comes in, hit him with it. And we're like, uh, OK. We're like, kids, we don't know what to do. And so. We ended up, he ends up, we ended up leaving the house and then we go to uh, my mom's house and we tell, uh, we tell her this kid's story. It was like, he's on the street, he's from Texas, him and his brother don't have a place to live. Can they live in the back house? And so she said, okay, for three months, the whole summer, he lived in the back house, got me and my friend hooked on math And then we got, I got sent away to boarding school and she bought him a ticket to Austin. And then about... Five years later, the police came and said he was, like, a pedophile and he was, like, in jail and that they wanted to question me and my friends to see if he touched us. And he, like, raped my dog, too. It was real bad news. What? <laughs> yeah. Like, he brought my dog into the clubhouse. And that's when, like, we told my mom he asked to go, but he was crazy. Like, at this point, like, the dude was crazy. He said this, like, he told me one time if I... Told my mom to kick him out that he killed me. Like, it was a rough,
0: rough 13 year old uh,
1: experience.
0: What? This is a horror movie. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's rad you so my had a two story, story have been a helper, house, but... and
1: like, yeah, we always we, we lived in a huge house, so we were so separated yeah. that like we could hide pretty easily and get and, like and do stuff. And I was I was a fucking monster kid. I take epilepsy to get out of school. <laughs> like, I was a horrible kid. Wow. Yeah, I sold weed, but then I stopped uh, all that when I was 22. I got robbed, uh, I think, 38 times in one year.
0: What are you talking about? And then moved.
1: I got. Well, they were like uh, friends of mine just like stealing stuff. Like, one time this friend, like, Wanted to hook up a quarter pound of weed. And so I went to the house like to sell the quarter pound of weed. And like I was sitting around inside waiting for the guy to get the money. And he's like, I just got to go back to my house and get the money. I wait around, wait around, and wait around for an hour. And I go to my car. The back window was busted in. My trunk's open and like the weed's gone. And then I called the guy. And he's like, what? Um, my brother's in this gang. And we'll, we'll come shoot you if you come looking for us. I'm like, oh, you know, I don't need that bad <laughs>
0: But that happened 38 times?
1: That happened. uh, I got robbed by, uh, oh, man. I got robbed by uh, uh, some Nazis.
0: What? Uh, Every sentence you say? Uh,
1: No, I know. I got into meth again when I was 20. Like, I was hooking up with this trans girl and, like, I smoked meth and then it just turned into, like, this whole summer when I was doing that. And, uh, God, I ended up like hooking up with this girl who was friends with Nazis apparently. And I didn't know that. And she was going to hook me up with meth. And this guy ended up like taking, um, my money to go get it. But they'd ripped me off before, once before, and like got me fake meth. And they're like, just what, like, this guy's for legit. And he left with this check. Oh, you know, he left with the money and gave me a check for the money in case he didn't come back, which he didn't come back. And so I went and cashed the check. And the next day I went back, and he's like, yeah, man, I went to jail with it. They, they took everything. They took it all. Like, uh, they took my stuff and just gave me the story. I'm like, Oh, it's cool, man. But I, I cashed check's Like you cashed a check. And then like two of his Nazi friends, like straight up bald heads, like swastikas, like boots and braces, like Nazi guys come into the room, I have anti-Nazi tattooed on my arm from when I was, like, a sharp skinhead against racial prejudice. I'm familiar, I was, like, yeah. 13, 14. Um, so, yeah, I was, like, uh, I had anti-Nazi tattooed on my arm, and I was very vocal about showing that to these, to this guy who was, like, he seemed racist. He was in Orange County and seemed, like, racist, and he was talking pretty racist, and so I was adamant about showing them this. And so I guess he, like had two Nazis there waiting for me when I came back. So they came after me, and I grabbed a hammer that I saw sitting there, and I said, you come near me, I'm going to hit you with a hammer. And then I turned around to run, and stupidly, I dropped the hammer. And I ran into this apartment building, like the uh, parking structure for this apartment building. And they're running after me, and the Nazis got a knife, like a big knife. And I go to my car, and I try to unlock it. And it won't unlock um, and so I just like, uh, I run, I start running down the alleyway screaming, like, like using my falsetto, just screaming as high as I can. Then please tell me they're going to kill me. They're going to kill me. And like the guy tackles me and holds me down with a knife. And then there's a guy there, like one of the gardeners with the phone saying, I'm calling the police. I'm calling the police and the guy's like stops and backs off and runs away. And then I go back to my car. My car has been totally like, my, my subwoofer was taken out of the back at this point. My iPod was taken out, everything was taken out of it. So I like speed off and then these two Nazis start like they're they're standing in the road. First they're standing in the road and I go to speed off and so I back up, not knowing if there's an exit that way. So I go and uh, there is an exit that way. I get out and then I start driving. I'm driving like 40 miles an hour to 35, like just going as fast as I can. And then all of a sudden the Nazis pull up next to me. And like, say, like, pull over, pull. And then I keep driving and I like start like going in between cars. I ran a red light. I get on the freeway, have a panic attack, have to pull over the shoulder, call my mom and tell her everything that happened. <laughs> so, and uh, except for the mess stuff, because I left all that out. And then she ended up catching me that I was doing mess and said, uh, by looking at my emails and seeing all my emails. And then she said, I had the choice of quitting or moving out of the house. No. Yeah, quitting or moving our house, and so I decided to
0: quit. Wow! Now my favorite part of that is that you were like, you were in an alley fight, you're fighting Nazis, and then for some I, reason it you was th-
1: not a fight. It was me screaming like a girl still, and then holding me down. More of a fight night. than any of
0: us have ever been in with Nazis, but you still managed to drop in that you went forty in the thirty-five as as a yeah yeah. I was I was. Eating. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm letting you know about all the laws I broke. <laughs> you got into the real minutiae. You ran a red, huh? Before you before I did, you I ran a a red. fought Nazis over meth with this a hammer.
1: Right? This is oh, anonymous, right? Oh, totally
0: anonymous. Well, I'm glad that That's we protected cool your identity on both the Nazi hammer fight. By the way, never drop the hammer. And also the 40 and yeah, 35. No, no, you never drop a hammer. I hope it wasn't a school zone where you went five miles over. It was not, luckily. I think it was like a major street. There you go. Now, can I ask yeah, you? Yeah, you I don't said do that a-
1: in school zones. I would have been going thirty in a twenty-five. Get back the
0: king. Fuck yeah, bro. Now you did say at one point that you broke into a falsetto. But to say just from my end, it sounds like you have a very gruff, gravelly voice. Um, is yeah, there-
1: yeah. I've never had a scream like that, but I, I scream. It's funny as I tell these stories, my child is laughing. Is there, there wo- and
0: smiling and laughing. is there any world in which I get to hear this falsetto today?
1: Honestly, I think I lost it from smoking cigarettes. That's fair. I the highest I can go, ah! No, that, that's going to blow out your <laughs> mic. My- yeah,
0: it's the last thing I want. Yeah. You know what? It's funny because like, <laughs> I grew up on the East Coast, and you always think of California, and it's like you think Beach Boys and Sun and Summer Charm. And then, like you hear about like stories like yours, or you hear about like what Black Flag's life was like, or you watch like Dogtown and Z Boys, and it's like, oh, California's actually the most fucked up place. I got
1: my teeth knocked out by a little person
0: when I was like fifteen. What are you talking about? Okay, let's let's everybody everybody there's never been an episode of a podcast more where everybody would enjoy time to come up for air. And there's no better way to come up for air and step away from a lot of these very very crazy stories than to hear words from our sponsors who are the people that allow this show to happen. So check it out. We'll be right back. Once a week, I get home and there's a box waiting for me, and I get so excited because the side of that box says Blue Apron, so I know it's full of all sorts of fresh ingredients and easy-to-use recipes that feature pictures, so I won't mess them up. And I know me and my wife are going to have a really good time cooking together, talking together. It's become a thing in our house that we both get really excited for the Blue Apron deliveries. It's been a game-changer. It's awesome. Uh, cooking together, it builds these bonds. And my wife and I, we bond over it. And it's a really nice thing. I mean it genuinely. Rousing endorsement. It's not just the individual household that's affected. It's the community at large. Blue Apron, they work with local farms, fisheries, and ranchers. Their seafood is sourced sustainably. Beef raised humanely. Chicken's free range. Pork raised naturally. They really try to do things the right way. Blue Apron can be delivered to 99% of the continental U.S. and 99.5% of food deserts. So if you're out there in a food desert, Blue Apron might be the thing that saves you. Okay, and they reduce food waste. They give you exactly the amount that that you need, uh, right from the top to the bottom. It, it, it's a really awesome service. I'm I'm a very big endorser of it. Happy to use it. You save money. It's a good time. Check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com/slash/beautiful. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. Don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash beautiful. You don't want to miss out on that paprika-spiced shrimp. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. There's got to be a better way to mail and ship stuff because going to the post office takes up too much time and leasing a postage meter is way too expensive. Mm, Oh, wait. Oh, wait. There is a better way. Stamps.com. Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package right from your desk using your own computer, your own printer, in your space where you're comfortable. You even get special postage discounts you can't find at the post office. Plus, Stamps.com is more powerful than a postage meter at just a fraction of the cost. You save at least 50% compared to a postage meter. That's a huge percentage. And you get to avoid those time-consuming nightmare trips to the post office. That is... I have sincere, you can always hear it in these, I have sincere dislike of the post office. And that's why I use stamps.com for all my needs. And you know, I I do merch. I'm a comedian. I hustle. My wife, too. My wife's in bands. We do merch. You got to send it from the house. You're going to stand at the post office? I don't think so. Save all that time. Take your life back with stamps.com. Right now, sign up for stamps.com. Use my promo code BEAUTIFUL for this special offer. You get a four-week trial, plus a $110 bonus offer, including postage and a digital scale. Do not wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in beautiful. That's Stamps.com. Enter beautiful. So many more stories on the way. I promise you, this guy has no shortage of things to talk about. So let's get right back into it. You hear about like stories like yours, or you hear about like what Black Flag's life was like, or you watch like, Dogtown and Z-Boys. And it's like, oh, California's actually the most fucked up place in the world.
1: I got my teeth knocked out by a little person when I was like 15.
0: What are you talking about? (laughs) You gotta pick one thing and uh, focus on You got Nazis. Dude, we've been talking for less than 15 minutes. We got Nazis. (laughs) Dog rape and a little person. He wasn't
1: really, okay, okay, let me be honest. He wasn't really a little person. He's like five foot three. He had a huge afro. He was a tagger named, you know. Um, so if you're looking, you know, you still owe me like 10 grand for those court bills,
0: <laughs> Bro, what's going on with you? This is on you. Too much, man. <laughs> no, this is all on me. No, I was a horrible kid. I'm telling
1: you, like, from when I was 13, I was this jaded kid who like was so upset with my dad that I looked to so, like father figures everywhere. I would just search for any father figure. So it's like they were a dirtbag who was homeless. and wanted a place to live. You were my new father figure for a month. Like that's until I realized, oh, you're crazy. I probably shouldn't follow this guy. Wow. Because like my dad wasn't around as much after they got divorced because he lived further away. And so like we saw him at Christmases and stuff like that. But yeah, I didn't really have a big father figure. Wow.
0: Well, this is... uh. You've you've lived. You've lived. Yeah, I
1: packed a lot of living those uh what was it like nine years? And then I completely went straight and like started doing jiu-jitsu. and like one moved to Texas, started training, trained for like three years there and then I got back into acting again, and started doing that more
0: and yeah, just Who'd you do your jiu-jitsu with? I, think, I did jiu-jitsu. <laughs>
1: I, I know. I've heard. What did you get to blue belt? What blue belt.
0: Second worst belt. Not even the worst belt. Got my four stripes on my yeah, white belt. I then got I got my blue belt on
1: my blue belt, baby. You do. So you're I got close got to purple. purple. Blue
0: belt, four stripes. Purple's the hardest one to get, right? Uh,
1: purple's the hardest one to get, and I, I was I kept switching schools, and I hurt my back really bad because in Texas they have these corn-fed guys who are just juiced up muscle dudes who've been like wrestling their whole lives, and I was wrestling with this guy, and his name's like. What was his name? Like brute or something like that. They would call him some like horrible name like that. And he only trained there every once in a while. But he was like 300 pounds, had no shoulder like shoulders. It's just his shoulder went right into his like ear. Yeah. Just like all it was traps, all traps. You do that So you, like,
0: you never need a hammer. You never need a hammer again. Next time you get a Nazi fight, you put him in the Kamara arm lock. And bust that. Oh m-
1: yeah, man.
0: Oma plata.
1: Well, I turtled up on him, and he went down on me, and fucking threw my back out like ten millimeter herniation. Just so 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 you know, the phrase I back,
0: "can't do anything." Just so you know, the phrase "he went down <laughs> on me" means. It has, it has... Oh no!
1: No, he sucked my dick.
0: <laughs> yeah. Nailed I it. Turtled
1: up, and then he sucked my dick, but he threw my back out when he did
0: it. Nailed it. It was a
1: rough <laughs> dick sucking.
0: You nailed that. Okay. <laughs>
1: oh, good. Thank you.
0: Now, wait. You said your dad's an actor too. I know you, uh-huh. can, you can't say so my mom. Who, your mom is an actor as well. I don't want you to say who they are, yeah, but are they in the theater in Chicago? They met at a theater in Chicago. That's classic actor stuff. Yeah. they
1: met. I think they actually met in an actress theater of Louisville. They did like a bunch of plays together. My dad was actually with another woman and then they ended up. Okay. i have Another brother who's half brother from that woman. Yeah. Yeah. Complicated family situations.
0: You can't say who they are. Have we? Are your yeah, parents? my dad. Uh, has been working for a while. Would we? Would um, I? Would I know your dad? Like, would I know his yeah, work? Yeah, you probably know him. Wow. Yeah, you definitely know his work. Wow.
1: Intriguing. And, and the funny thing is, like, I do a lot of improv out here in LA, and I guarantee, like, a lot of people listening to this already know who I am. <laughs>
0: So well, that's I mean that's like as long as I friends don't who
1: are listening to this all know my story the
0: As long as I don't know who you are I think it's a fair I think it's fair game my friend I Yeah fair well, game I
1: might see a DCM sneak up on you
0: Okay let's not push it too much let's not push the anonymity yeah. too much
1: I'll okay. be that scary dude just staring at you
0: I will say just based on the stories that you've heard you said rather Based on hearing that your dad is also an actor. you just get attacked by fucking banshees? What the fuck is going on, man? Oh, my mom
1: lives uh, in that airport line of, uh, <laughs> line of fire. She
0: okay. lives, like, right by the airport. Okay. I was going to say. Me and my kid are
1: hanging outside because he likes outside.
0: Based on some of the stuff you've said, the stories, the craziness, and the fact that your dad is a well-known actor, there is a part of me, and I don't want you to verify this or deny it. There's a part of me that wonders if you are straight up just Charlie Sheen. If I'm Charlie Sheen? There's Charlie Sheen That's hilarious. If you I
1: met Charlie Sheen, my dad my
0: dad's done a show of Charlie Sheen. Okay. <laughs> Let's not make this too Googleable. Let's not make it too yeah, Googleable. Oh no, no,
1: it's Yeah, it's already way too Googleable.
0: Wow. So yeah, you've really lived, but uh, you got you got a six month old uh you got a six month old boy in your life now. That makes that makes it all a lot yeah, less. Yes, so I uh, know. Lot less. At that point, I it would imagine it makes it great. That, it makes it great. You enjoy it, but I would also imagine like there's a level of responsibility there that it's, it sounds like. Because I'll say this, you sound very good natured, and I've met I I really enjoy people who've maybe lived through some hard times, but enjoy the stories of them. It sounds like you enjoy the stories of your past. It sounds like you. Oh, yeah.
1: I've been doing a lot of reminiscing of them ever since I had a kid because I want to think back to what I shouldn't
0: do as a parent. <laughs> I would imagine as a guy so. who has admitted father issues, father figure issues, figuring out how to be a dad, that must be a real mind fuck, huh?
1: Yeah. and my I mean, my dad's great, and I love him, and I still talk to him all the time, and he comes out and works, and I see him quite often. But, yeah, I, I think... For my dad, he's an amazing, amazing friend, an amazing person. They just, like, when you need that dad between 13 and 17 to, like, set you straight, because those are your prime years when you're setting those neural pathways, you have to, like, have someone there to basically tell you what to do. I, I didn't have that as much.
0: Yeah, that's rough. And you went all in. You doubled You doubled down. If you didn't have that guidance, oh, you just I'm, went down the spiral. Yeah, like how saw, little I guidance? Seek
1: attention like crazy. Wow. Have you even. I like, everything I did was to seek attention, like, and I, I did it in space.
0: Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. And this is a real can of worms question right here. But, like, if I was to Ooh, meet you up. if I was to meet you and say, "What's the craziest story you got? Have you are was the Nazis the fighting Nazis? Is that the craziest you got, or is there are are you sitting you're sitting on other stuff, aren't you
1: i have I have a lot of other stories i mean i uh I was in the middle of like a John Wayne s bar brawl in uh at a bar that I worked at that I did security at, and it was the most insane thing. That was one of the most insane. I say my craziest stories would probably be like having my teeth knocked out. And being in that bar brawl.
0: No, okay. Let's we'll talk about them separately, because you said because you're a yeah, jiu-jitsu guy. You're yeah. someone. I mean, you, you. I mean, you ran away, but you're still you're somebody who was scrapping on the streets. You worked in bars. How does how does a five foot? No, no,
1: no, that's a misconception. Because I uh, I did not do anything close. I was a theater kid hundred percent theater kid. And when I was twenty two, like I was a nerd. I never worked out. I was a big sack. car with like two hundred and fifty pounds. Mm-hmm. When I was like twenty two I was super into UFC and I was like, I could do that. I'm gonna go to Texas and train in Muay Thai. And so I went out there and had a crazy realization that like, oh, you you probably should have been working out before doing any of this stuff. Yeah. And uh yeah, and so I was never that great. But uh yeah when I started doing it I started getting a much better shape and Start doing security and stuff.
0: And, and so
1: my earlier fights, like the only early fight I've really was in where I fought and barely fought was when I got my teeth knocked out.
0: Yeah, I was gonna ask, how does how does a five foot three graffiti artist knock all your teeth out? And thank oh. you, Thank you, okay. by the way, for finally letting me ask a question I've always wanted to ask. How do you let a <laughs> yeah. five foot three graffiti artist knock all your teeth out? It felt you good. So that felt good coming you. out of my <laughs> mouth. That felt good. <laughs>
1: I, I'm sure it did. It, it felt good coming into my ears. So um, what happened was I ended up uh, – I had these two girls who lived with us. My mom took in a lot of my friends, like any friends who had troubles or anything like that. We, they were taken in. These two girls, uh, their mom let them live with us, and my mom gave her – their mom gave my mom rent and like, money to help them sustain because she didn't have a big enough apartment. My mom's a saint. So these two girls were living with us and, um, this guy, their brother, Paul was a little scared, but he was just like, like a kid, like, uh, and this one kid who like went to school, same age, same grade as me. And you know, he was like five or three came up and stole a skateboard from out of his hands, like at night. And like all my friends went running after him, but he was really quick and really like he got away. So I found out about it. And again, I'm a, I'm a bald, like sharp. So I'm a big kid. Like people are afraid of me, but I have never done anything. And I always have these stories. Like at that point I was lying all the time. I was like, yeah, I've been in so many fights, this and that. And like, I would just talk tons of shit, but I'd never been in a fight. And so I went up to him at school and I like, like in front of him. I'm like, look, if you don't give me that staple guy, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And I'm going to meet you after school. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And then like, Later on, I called where I knew he was because someone called me and told me he was there. And I said, give me a skateboard. I'm going to, have to come beat the shit out of you. He's like, well, come beat the shit out of me. Which is, like, in my head, I'm like, oh, this is a big heroic moment. But in, like, in reality, like I'm telling a guy that I'm coming to beat him up. I don't want to fight. I've never fought. And so he has so much time to plan and do all <laughs> these things. But uh, I get there and my had my friend drive me over there. Uh, and I get out of the car and I thought it'd be tough if I take my shirt off. So I took the shirt off. And so I'm like a 250-pound sack kid with a bald head and I had my suspenders on still because I, I don't know why. And uh, I went over there and he's waiting in the middle of the street just dancing around. And I get up there and it was just a standoff moment. I'm like, give me the skateboard bag. He's like, no, fuck that. It's like, well, let's do this then. And then he, and then like next thing I know, he tackles me into a bunch of trash cans and starts beating my head in. And I found out later that he had like uh, a fist pack, which is like a heavy thing just to hold in your hand, to, like so you can weigh on somebody a lot harder. It's like brass knuckles, but just to hold in your hand. Whoa. Like a roll of quarters to hold in your hand. Yeah. So the guy's just beating my head in. I get up. And I'm like dazed as hell. And then he just gives me like, I'm not protecting myself. He gives me one right in the mouth. And I just feel this blood just flow in and like these, feel like chicklets rolling around my mouth. And so I spit him at him and I say, fuck you. And I walk back to the car, which is down the block. So I make a horrible exit. I run by captain go, take me back to my mom. And I start, I'm crying to my mom. I'm like, I'm never going to be an actor. And I show her. And then she just freaks out. She's like, where are your teeth? And I said, I spit it out. We're going back to get your teeth. So we went back. <laughs> and uh, we see like a little pool of blood. There's no teeth. And so she goes pounds on the uh, door of this girl um, who's he with that. And she's like, I need my son's teeth. I'll call the police. And let you give me my son's teeth. And then she, they bring the teeth out in a little weed baggie. She takes me over to this like emergency dentist. They happen to be this dentist there that could do the surgery and put my teeth back in and sew them back in happened to be there that day. So they do it, and then I had to get like seven root canals, and like 10 grand later, took them to court, and won. Family never paid. Uh, But then I ended up having going to DCM for my first year. I had the root canals, I got abscesses, and the root canals failed, and I had to have my teeth removed. So I had four teeth missing for my first year at uh, DCM.
0: This is... (laughs) The first call where I just kind of assumed <laughs> that with one minute left, you're just gonna go like, I was lying about all this and hang up. Yeah. This is a bit. Fuck you get it. am I assume. There's no way all this stuff no, has this happened life, to one bro. guy. This is my life, yeah. This is my life. And
1: uh I'm just picking up the pieces of therapy now, man. <laughs> picking up the pieces off the street. I've been to the show a lot and I've been like, Oh man, I'm gonna get some fucking free therapy
0: now i get an hour free therapy oh, no. that's the last thing i want to do is be a free therapist you know i got i got my own therapist listen and told me don't let it become free therapy and just today we got feedback from a therapist who emailed in and was like hey you gotta uh you gotta be responsible so i don't i just want to have a conversation it took a real therapy bent quick yeah. this podcast but i don't know it's fine but I'm not here to solve any of your problems. Well, you, man. well
1: I think it's I think I, I think it's that you are naturally inquisitive. You you are a very good interviewer and so you just naturally know the questions to ask to bring out things and so that's why it turns very therapy-esque.
0: Thanks, man. Well, what's up with that bar brawl? Hey, you're
1: welcome. Oh, okay, so the bar brawl was so I was working security and uh, I had a, like I was carrying a taser um, because at this point, like I didn't want to get in cause I'd hurt my back again. And so i uh, like, I went to Chinatown about this taser for like 15 bucks, which is very don't, if you're going to buy a taser, buy something much more expensive <laughs> than like it can actually work. But like, and all I did with it was like, I would like use it to like mess with my friends at the bar. Like be like, you want me to try to tase you? and like, we would tase each other at the bar. And then like I tased my wife once because she finally got drunk enough and said, okay, <laughs> <laughs> but she was allowed to tase me and so i got tased but yeah it was just a play thing like and then i was working one night and i usually sat in the back and just did sudoku's all night and uh like didn't even pay attention but like i and i hurt my back and i had a back brace on and i told the security guard, if anything goes down i'm not gonna be able to do shit and i'm like that's yeah, fine and so all of a sudden like i'm looking at the crowd and I see like, it's like ants, like all of a sudden this like thing, like this movement starts moving out and, like everybody in the bar, this is a packed like bar, probably a hundred people in the back. Everybody starts like moving like out and trying to leave. And then I see like just fights breaking out everywhere. So what ended up happening was, um, these two guys were arguing and, uh, this one guy went to hit the guy and he got out of the way and he knocked out the guy's girlfriend. So everybody in both parties just started fighting. And I think it was like 10 people in each party. So like 20 people out of the hundred people were just beating the fuck out of each other. And like, there was one guy being held down and like, it was being hit with a bottle on the head. And I went in like my, my the other scary guys like, Hey, maybe time to use your taser now. And I was like, Oh, oh and then I pull out my taser and I go to tase him. I tased him once. And he's trying to like shock for a second, but looks at me. And then I go to do it again and nothing happens. And I realized like the batteries had fallen out of the bottom and were just head dangling. And so I just had to, like, tackle him and hold him for a minute. And then my friend, like, grabbed him. And and then I ended up having to hold someone in the rear naked until the cops came. And he was, like, bleeding on my arm. Whoa.
0: Well, yeah, dude. that
1: was, like, and I just and I didn't even choke the guy. I was just, like, listen, if you move, I'm going to choke you. So just don't move. The cops are coming. Yeah. And he was really cool about it.
0: That's good. At the end of the day, I guess, if he's cool about it. yeah. yeah. Yeah, if
1: you're cool about bleeding on my arm and and not getting choked while the cops come to arrest you. Yeah, that's cool.
0: So let me ask you, man, I'm just gonna be blunt, because you got a lot of stories. You enjoy these stories. Huh? It seems and a lot of them are like violent stories and a lot of them are very troubled stories. It sounds like you're the first to admit that. there's also clearly a part of you that enjoys having these stories, but being a dad now, Yeah, I mean uh... how are you, how do you leave this stuff behind, or do you?
1: How do I leave it behind? I, um, I've, I haven't never been a violent person. I've always had violence happen around me and to me. And like the only time I've ever been violent was when I was a kid and I was like trying to be a tough kid. All the other stuff has been like the bar stuff was just me working a job and trying to like, I hate fights. I bartender for nine years. And like, if I could back out of a fight and talk my way out of a fight, I would much rather look like a pussy. And talk my way out of a fight and get in a fight. If I have to, I'll do it. Right. But there's no point in it. Everybody loses in a fight. Definitely. Like even the guy who wins has something wrong with him after the fight and loses in some way, whether it be getting arrested or anything. Like everyone loses in a fight. Yeah. But it does I mean it's, and I believe that on small scales to large scales, like <laughs>
0: And how do you feel? Like the past few years, has it kind of quieted down, or is it still finding it its way into your life all the time? No, no, I
1: haven't had any. Like since I stopped doing security, I haven't been in an actual like fight where I had to break something up since like 2008.
0: Well, that's good. That's good.
1: Yeah, it's been eight years since I've ever had a breaking fight, Um, and I mostly hang out with. Improv nerds, so it's uh, like there's not a lot of fights in that scene.
0: No, very few fist fights in the improv community. (laughs) Very few, yeah, only one or two that I can remember. Fist
1: fights, like slow mo fist fights, but yeah, nothing like real dramatic,
0: (laughs) pantomime fights. Yes, because I'll tell you, it's yeah, uh,
1: so many. Like, it's annoying actually how many (laughs) pantomime fights there are.
0: Because I'll tell you, man, like, uh, here's the thing is I'm really, really enjoying um. Like, I'm really enjoying hearing about all this stuff. And it's crazy. And, there's so uh, much crazy stuff. I could entertain you for an hour. Of course. And it is really entertaining. And it's also really like, like it's, it's, so, it's so overwhelming. And, and there's been so much. But then I also hear, I also, right there, I hear your son. I hear your son in the background. And there's a little bit on my end, not judgment, but just concern. You oh, know? I've, been,
1: I've been multitasking, entertaining him, and uh, talking to you. Yeah, they can phase that him this whole time.
0: So, what are your priorities as someone who had had a lack of a father figure at a critical time, and that led to a lot of issues for you? What are your priorities as a dad? Um,
1: just to be there and support him at at all costs. Yeah, like if I have to go to Missouri, like every week or once a month, and have to do like dual custody then that's what it has to be but I need to be in this kid's life
0: yeah alright you guys are hearing it we're peeling back from just the shocking stories we're getting to the human side we will get to it even further when we return but first let's check out some of the sponsors some of the products from fine companies that are big supporters of this show You know what I'm a big proponent of is therapy. I do it myself, I think therapy can and should be affordable, confidential, and convenient. And this is exactly what Talkspace is. Only with Talkspace do you get unlimited messaging to your dedicated, licensed therapist for just $32 a week. That is a really incredible price for a service that is uh, so useful and, and kind and necessary to give to yourself. Join over 300,000 users who already know that with Talkspace, you can text, audio message, or video message your therapist as many times as you want without having to wait a week for your next appointment. You don't want to stress about waiting that whole week because with Talkspace, your therapist is always in your pocket or on your computer. And now you can even schedule a live video session with your therapist right from your smartphone. Visit Talkspace.com slash beautiful for a special thirty dollars discount off your first month, or download the Talkspace app on the Apple or Android app store and use coupon code Beautiful. Talkspace is therapy for how we live today. Okay, let's uh, let's let's peel a few more layers off this onion. What do you guys say? Let's get back to the call.
1: I need to be in this kid's life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause and, I wonder... and, and
1: everyone loves them. My whole family loves them. Like, and my wife knows that. My wife sees that. And I think eventually she will understand that and decide to stay and figure out a way that we can raise this kid together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because it, so- I mean, it sounds like. It sounds like. Uh... You like the the breakup with your wife. It doesn't sound easy. It sounds like your wife. Like, I mean, it seems you seem like someone who's willing to admit like your own mistakes. I mean, like the cheating is cheating is hard to hear about, and then to also hear well, part of that is because yeah, there's like a lifestyle. that well, I wanted that I'm to change in. myself
1: for so long. I wanted to not be transamorous, and I wanted to like change, and I hit it for so long. When I moved to Texas, I was like, that's the end of this. I'm not going to do that. It's just part of the weed and like it's all had to do with the weed and which it doesn't. It's just something that I've always had. I've always had that attraction. And, uh, I still look at the pornography, like 90% of the pornography I was looking at was that. And she called me one time, uh, Mike showed, like, showed me laptop. and I'm like, no, oh, no, that was a pop. And she was crying. And this was like early on in the relationship. And so I, that put it in me that I could never tell her because I would lose her. Mm-hmm. And I love her so much. And I would never want to lose her. And, the more that it came out, the more I realized, like, I I can't be faithful to her forever. So I have to be honest and tell her the truth. And it was one of the hardest things to do, but... And I, knowing that I would lose her and knowing that I am losing her for it, but just to keep her from suffering longer yeah, or make it have, go on longer. Because I don't want to be that guy who's 50 years old and like just going to hook up in the spas and then coming home to my wife and kids and being like, everything's all good.
0: What do you, well, yeah. hooking up in, in spas is the, it's like underground. Like,
1: Oh yeah. There's like a, a lot of, there's lots of, in any, town, any big city, there's lots of, uh, like bathhouses. houses. Okay.
0: And, yeah. Yeah. Uh so this was so, like, so this is just, there, there was like a, a base level physical attraction you had and you had love for your wife, but you well, couldn't I, turn off the physical attraction for another, for something she couldn't Yeah, for, for, for
1: trans women, because I've always like, I hooked up with trans women from my teenage, a lot of my teenage years because I couldn't, I was just like an unattractive kid. And so like, but like they found me attractive and I found that attractive. And so like from when I was a young kid, that's all I was doing and so that really left an impression on me and kept me wanting to do it in my adulthood but then not wanting to mentally because not wanting to come out not wanting to be weird not wanting to be outcast by my friends and my family and the usual things that come with coming out of the closet yeah yeah that's but a... everybody that i've come out to has been very like very very good about it and like my family in the South might not be as cool, but whatever.
0: Yeah. No, it's
1: it's just That's fascinating to me.
0: I don't mean to like uh I don't mean to just like focus in on this, but there is it is such a it's like a it's a coming out of the closet story that is so much more specific than I think I think many yeah. I've heard in my life. Um so it's just it's just really fascinating.
1: Yeah, I would say yeah, it's it's a very interesting situation. It's a very unique situation. Yeah, like I don't think there's a lot of guys like me because, like, a lot of guys in that scene um, aren't open about it. Like, many like the more I've been open about it, the more I talk to men who are totally into trans women, but have girlfriends or are married and or are not willing to ever come out about it. Right. And, I, and to me, I like, it's almost borderline offensive. Like, why, why, why? They're, they're just people. Right. They're just, they're, they're women that are transitioning. Like, it's not, yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
0: And it does seem, I mean, like the trans community the past few years, it's been really inspiring to see people standing up for the rights of the trans community and for information to, to be for people to be vocal and for information to be spreading, but I would think I think traditionally it's fair to say it is it's sort of like a hidden culture, Tra- like, in oh, like yeah. generally in the history of this country, it's been a little more. It's it's, and it's a, been going on for forever. Like that's not something that's been
1: like oh just a generation. Like there's cultures that have it that have had it for generations like right? yeah and then there's like also the, the there's the uh well uh i forget where it's at where they force them to get the uh sex change operation if even if they're just
0: gay oh, I, I don't know that i'm familiar it with
1: a, that. i think it's saudi arabia i i don't want to misspeak because i don't want to offend anybody yeah no but there is a place where they force them to get the operation um or be put to death because being gay is illegal yeah and a punch like that but it's fine if they were a man and turned into a woman because now they're a woman. Right. So the fact that they're more accepting of that, the acceptance of them as a woman, than a lot of our country is, is kind of bananas to me.
0: Yeah, it is. It is really uh, remarkable. And I do, I feel like you grew up yeah. in LA and Hollywood. And again just speaking on a, someone with a very surface level of knowledge not looking to offend it does seem like the trans community in southern california has been like a little it seems like something that i associate i remember i lived in la in 2004 and i remember that was the first time i i really would see trans people you know on the streets day to day it was the first time i realized it seems like it's been a little bit more an open part of the culture there historically i don't know if that's totally true
1: um, I know that it, there has been uh, huge history of it, from processing to like actual trans life out here. There's, yeah, it's been going on since way before I was around. Wow.
0: Wow. And where? So, with you and your, uh, with you and your wife. Is it okay if I ask about that? Like, where do things, where do things stand now? Where does what? Where do things stand with your wife right now?
1: Where's my wife? Oh, she's at work. No, I mean, like. I started a new job and. uh,
0: No, I meant like between you guys. Like, how are you guys doing? What's her. Like, after the initial shock and hurt, after the shock that you were cheating, after the shock that there's just this part of your, um, you know, there's just this like part of your makeup that you don't want to deny anymore. Oh. Where have things yeah, landed between still,
1: you? she's um, still very angry and justly so. Like, and I think she needs that anger in order to, like, move away because she, she still does love me and I'm still that same person. And that's what I think is so confusing to her is that I'm still the same person that I was. I'm just honest about it. And I have to be honest about that part of myself because if I'm not, then I'm just going to live in this whole like pattern of self-hate.
0: Yeah. You would say there was actual self-hate for a lot of your life that you were stuffing out. Well, I hated that
1: part of myself. I hated, like, I would, would, yeah, I'd have, like, I'd feel bad every time I masturbated. Yeah. And that's not good because I did that a lot. (laughs) And so (laughs) the fact that, like, I don't feel good, like, three times a day is not, is not a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, of I mean, course. Like, yeah.
0: And I do applaud you during perhaps that the guilt. And it's not, I'm not a
1: religious or anything, but I, I'm assuming it's similar to Catholic guilt, where you're like, you were told your whole life that this is not a thing you should do. Don't play with it. And then all of a sudden you start playing with it. And it's like, there's that guilt. And yeah, it's the same, I think it's the same thing.
0: I do applaud you heavily for, oh. you know, things got a little serious there. And I think it's introspective, and you still managed to get. You got to laugh. You got to laugh with the uh, masturbation joke in there. Oh. In the darkest valley, Thanks, you yeah, found, you I found like a light. I like
1: to make a masturbation joke everywhere I can.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you're a complex dude, huh? Complicated guy. Yeah.
1: A little bit, yeah. So what's... Yeah, and, I, and, just like, and and it's interesting because like lately work has been like not... Like I, I stopped driving as much for Uber and uh, I've been just doing more acting work and it's been going good, but I don't feel fulfilled in it. Yeah. Like so, like you know how like I'm sure like you doing a day on Broad City, it's like it's fun, it's great, but then you go home and you're like, Well, it didn't really feel like I was acting. It didn't feel like just felt like I memorized some lines and they told me I started and stop a bunch.
0: Well, it is funny, it's 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 a profession that Is very ego driven. And when I was young, it's something I wanted to be successful at. And I thought it would fill in all these gaps and maybe like put out these fires in my gut, knock the chip off my shoulder a little bit. It didn't do any of that. Oh, yeah. It didn't do any of that. And it's funny
1: because, like, uh, for me as a kid, like watching my dad, like all the people treating him amazingly and like people coming up at dinner and like saying stuff and like it just all that was what I was, like, attaching to the acting part. And it's like, well, no, me going in and saying a couple lines on this is not changing anything. But, like, me going in and doing a sketch show that says something or doing an improv show that actually has, like, a good – something that says more than just a bunch of scenes, like, that feels more real and more, like, almost lasting for me. Yeah. Like, personally, just – yeah I get that like the experience of doing an amazing improv show is so much like I've done so many days on set and none of those days they all play but like I could say improv shows that I've done where I'm like oh this was fucking crazy like it was so good yeah and
0: what's the? Uh, what do you jacking
1: myself off about? How good of an improviser I am. <laughs>
0: and more about to you. What's the future? What's the ideal? What's the ideal future for you? What, what, how do you? What, if in a perfect world, now that now that you're being honest with people around you, and I don't know if you're just being honest with your wife or with the other people in your life and your family, but now that that's slowly starting to become something you're embracing, does it feel like you're turning a corner where you can look towards a future that feels more fulfilled in general?
1: Yeah. I think that, uh, finding, uh, I think the, the big question is like, what's going to happen with my wife, and my son. So that looming in the distance of not knowing has been taking up a lot of like, I don't know what my future will be until I know that. So right now it's just kind of day to day and living, like, just trying to live my life day to day and not trying to plan too much. Cause every time I plan something, that just doesn't happen anyway. So. yeah, it's Better just to live each moment as it is. And See where it takes you.
0: And as far as your love life goes, you know you've always kind of kept it hidden. Is it now something that you feel like you can take a breath and 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 date in a fat like you said like spas, bathhouses, hidden well, hidden, an underground culture driven things. Is it now something? Well, I don't that- really do the spa and bathhouse scene as much, but like I, yeah, I love going to like
1: bars and like hanging out, and I I, I like just hanging out with the people because it feels like people who kind of get me yeah, and not just the women, but the men too. Like it's just a different culture.
0: That must be a huge weight off the shoulders. And It's
1: like a culture where I'm the funny guy at the bar. Like I'm used to just doing bits with everybody. And it's like, everybody's hilarious. And at the bar, I'm like the funny guy. So yeah, everyone nice. kind of adopted me <laughs> like <laughs> in all the groups. So it's kind of like, I was like, Oh, it's like high school again. Like, and honestly going to the bar, it's like, it's better than watching Game of Thrones every week because there's so much fucking drama, and it's so good. It's like interactive <laughs> drama where I can get into it. I can actually, I can affect this drama.
0: Yeah, <sighs> you love the drama, though. You, you're addicted oh, to the drama. Totally, when I'm not involved in it, and
1: I just have to do it, it's like it's it's like watching a TV telenovela. It's amazing.
0: But in, I mean, your whole life is you got Nazis and. And then, uh yeah, I, I, I guess a part
1: of me misses, it. <laughs> part <laughs> me misses it. So I like going to the bar scene and seeing like <laughs> the horrible lives of these other people so I feel better about mine. But you're gonna I get feel dra- better about my horrible
0: life. <laughs> you're gonna get dragged right into it again. You're gonna get dragged right into it again, yeah.
1: aren't you? Exactly. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm gonna be fighting Nazis and like getting my teeth knocked up by little people. It's it happened all over again. Yeah, yeah. I'm doomed to
0: relive the past. Always, aren't we all? We got about ten minutes left. This has been really fascinating. This has been really fascinating. I'll tell yeah. you. Can I tell yeah, you my, fun. my experience? Like initially, I, I was like laughing a lot, and I was like, "This guy's like a ballbuster and kind of a shit talker." In a way, I'm really enjoying, but there's a lot more underneath there driving all this, all this stuff than I ever. Uh, than I assumed at the
1: time. Yeah, I get I get introspective quite a bit lately, especially I'm being like full-time dad. So I'm talking to someone who can't talk back. And so I'm thinking about life and like also watching his like educational programming and like remembering when I used to watch, like it's it's so interesting being a father because you kind of just get to relive childhood but from an adult perspective. So it's that cool. gotten me a lot more introspective and in thinking about life in general. Yeah. It must. Uh, with the, and you, the fact that it's finite, and we're all gonna die, we're all gonna be in the dirt. Yeah, we are. Everything we leave behind will be dirt eventually. Yeah. No one will remember you five generations from now. Yeah, all that. Stuff. Five now, generations. been real
0: introspective. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm a nihilist now. The Nazis are dirt. The dog rapist is dirt. <laughs> the the little person's dirt. Everybody's dirt. Your teeth what? are dirt. You I got mean, a lot yeah, you of. You broke up. I was just saying everybody's dirt, and then I was naming specific people you've brought up. Everybody's dirt. Uh, yeah, everybody. Yeah.
1: Every single person. We're all going there, so might as well do some shit while you're here. Indeed. The only thing that's going to go out of it is energy, and if you put enough energy in the world, you'll be remembered.
0: Let's hope. I hope, right. turned, I hope everything lands where you want it to. I hope, I hope you know what I hope for you. Not not knowing you at all, just hearing your story is like I hope. You, I hope you have a stretch that's nice and peaceful, and that you enjoy that. Thanks, man. Sounds. Uh, like, I'm
1: looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting rid of all this anxiety and depression and turning into something worthwhile to watch.
0: Yeah. So you want to? You've said that a couple times in the past minute. So you want to be worthwhile to watch. You want to be remembered. You want to leave a legacy.
1: Oh, do I want to be remembered? Or like, I, I, I want to make things that are remembered. Do I want to be remembered personally? No. I don't give a shit what people think about me. Yeah. I like to make things that that people will remember and uh, that will actually have a statement or everlasting impact. Oh, everybody wants to do that.
0: And these, <laughs> for you, you're discovering more and more, you said these are like smaller scale comedy projects that have a little bit of heart and a real voice to them as opposed to like chasing the larger, broader fame.
1: Yeah, I think everybody who makes a movie kind of wants to do that, but just most people fail. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. most. Some people fail. There's a lot of garbage movies out there where I'm sure they went to it and they're like, "I'm going to make this the best horror movie they've ever seen," and then they end up with birds. And
0: uh... let me ask you straight up. I'm going to ask you straight up. Ask because you've even said you've said a lot of this was driven by father stuff. You've been very open about that.
1: Somebody want to get jumped? Yeah. Go ahead.
0: You know, father stuff. Did you just ask your baby what if I'm he wants now. to get jumped? Yeah. Oh yeah. I say that when I throw him in the air. And it calmed him down. Oh, jumped. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah, he's usually a jumper. And so I say, you want to get jumped? <laughs> 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 you want to get
0: jumped? I got these guys in the back. He's just ask talking baby. Baby, if he wants to get jumped. <laughs> Let me if I if I Uncle
1: Tony out here we're gonna jump you if you keep talking. If I if I
0: if I knew who your dad was, would I be like, holy shit? Is it like that level of well known, or is it like, oh, that's a solid character actor that I've seen and stuff?
1: He's a very solid character actor. Wow. Like a very solid character actor that's been working since 1979 hasn't stopped yet.
0: Have you ever had it out? Have you ever Have you ever put it on the table and, and been like, yo, man, you fucked me up? No, no, because. He's already—he's like me.
1: He gets depressed easily, and he's old. I, I don't like. What would that accomplish? And you telling him that—that that some of the stuff that happened screwed me up. Like it's not going to accomplish much. Yeah.
0: Have it'd you be forgiven him? It
1: would be for me. would be for me to get it off my chest, and like it'd just be so egotistical.
0: Yeah. So do you feel Let like live his life? Like he's going to live his life.
1: He just got married. Like he's, he's great.
0: Have you? Uh, have you? So you forget? Have you forgiven him on your own level then? Even without that conversation? Oh, yeah.
1: That's good. Yeah. I mean, everybody's trying to good. do the best they can do, especially when you have a when you have a kid, you definitely realize, like, we're offline by the seat of our pants. Like, ev- things happen in life, and those sidetrack us, and I don't think that he knew what, would, what, what ended up happening. I didn't think he expected it, and I don't think anybody expected it, and it just happened. And I don't think that he thought that it did any damage I mean, I don't think he still thinks... I don't think that he thinks directly that it caused that much damage to me, but I don't talk about it that much.
0: So. Yeah. And he's met your kid and everything, right? You have a relationship with your dad now?
1: Oh yeah, he was out He was out here. He actually took a job out here for less money just so he can come out here for the birth. Wow. So he's trying and to... And so he's been doing a show out here for less money just because he did that uh, first time, which is great because now he gets to come out every once in a while and visit my little guy.
0: Can't say his name, but yeah, no. It's supposed to be anonymous, of course. We got about five minutes left. What's uh? Because cool, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a parent. You're a new. Oh, you just p- want to start guessing actors? No, no, no. That's so none like of my right business. <laughs> That's none of my business. Um,
1: oh, you started doing that Jersey Streets really well in that podcast. Yeah, Jersey, Jersey Town. I, yeah, I mean, I could. I, I was could, like, this is the most insider podcast I ever
0: heard. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's when, you, it's when okay. you when you make a podcast so insular that only people from Union County, New Jersey, can fully enjoy it. You got to really adjust. So what's the? Yeah. Yeah, you've learned a lot. You've been put through the ringer, ups downs, a lot of craziness. What's like the one? What's the one core lesson you hope? your son walks away with from you, like what's the one thing you want to hand him to make his path a little smoother than yours was? Um,
1: I want to, him to uh, realize that he doesn't have to be happy all the time, but he can just be himself. And like, I think my, my biggest thing was always wanting to change and always wanting to be someone else. So I want to be a big supporter of him being able to be himself. Like until I found UCB, I was always trying to find someone else (laughs) trying to be someone else. And then like, I can figure out that, Oh, I'm good enough as I am. So it took me like till 2011 being almost 30 to figure out like, Oh, I'm, I'm good enough. Yeah. So that's what's something I want to impart in him at a very young age and continue on until he's an adult.
0: Yeah, that's an incredible thing to pass on. That's cool, man. And I want to be a fun dad. Real fun dad. Really? What's that What's that going kind to of entail? Oh, I want him to be laughing
1: at me all the time. I want to be a little jester. I feel like that a lot. Like, he's a king of his throne, and I'm just this court jester trying to make him laugh.
0: Wow. How much time I got? A little less than three minutes, I think. Less than three minutes. Yeah. All right. Thanks for telling she me all this stuff. Hey, we can do whatever you want. It's up to you. I can't hang up. So if you want to start singing, I mean, we know you don't have that falsetto anymore, but I'm still down to listen. No, I don't. It's three minutes. You're three right. minutes. You four is questions? yours. Do I have any requests? Uh, Melt with you. Modern English. Melt with you. What is it? Melt with you. Not with you. Melt. Melt with you by Modern English. How does it go? Now I'm, you said you're going to sing a song. Now I'm about, I, oh, come on, just, just sing a couple bars you know or I'll, I'll know what it is. <laughs> I stop the world and melt with you. You've seen the, okay. difference, seen and the t- difference and it's getting, getting better, better all, all the time. The time. There's, There's nothing you and I, I won't do. I'll stop the world and melt <laughs> I'll stop with you. the world you. and melt for you. Yeah, I guess we can do that. All right, what's the next one? New yeah, request? Let's just do uh Hey.
1: I, I got a question. Yeah, let's do uh wonderful world. All right, you start yeah. it off. I see. I see trees of green, red roses too. I'm going to put you on speaker so you can sing my son.
0: Uh huh. I see a moon. Oh. And you And nothing to myself. myself. What a wonderful world. How about uh, "Hey Jealousy"? Wow, let's get it singing to you. How about "Hey Jealousy" by the what? Gin Gin Blossoms? I can do Oh, it. "Hey Jealousy." Well, tell me, do let's you do think it. do it'd it. be all right? If I could just crash here tonight, it's see, here see, tonight. I'm in no place for <laughs> driving. And anyway, I got nowhere to go. Where to go? Cause all I really want is to be with you. I want to you. Feeling like i matter too. Bad matter too. If I hadn't blown the whole thing years ago, I might not be alone. Uh. Tomorrow we could drive oh, around this town oh, oh. And let the cops chase Go, us around, around Cast is gone, but something might be found around. To take its place might be. Hey, jealousy!
1: <laughs> guys, uh, I think someone needs to lay down some backing music for that And put it on iTunes, because that is going to be top selling
0: Or at least SoundCloud <laughs> Yeah, SoundCloud Anybody can do SoundCloud, come on guys Hey man, Thirty seconds. The phone hangs up.
1: Thirty seconds. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. I think you're doing a really good thing.
0: Thanks, man. That's really nice of you, and I hope uh, I hope you I hope Amen. things I hope things With become... all your stuff, man. Everything you're doing is pretty amazing. So keep, that means keep a on lot. Going. Thanks, and I really hope I hope as you enter this more honest, peaceful part of your life, I hope you find the happiness that you deserve.
1: Thanks, brother. Thanks a lot. All right, I'm gonna take care of this one now. I'll talk to you soon. I'll see
0: you at DCM. Bye. And that that brings us to the end of today's call, which I found both, uh, I found it hilarious, I found it in many ways concerning. I also found it uh, very fascinating. I will say, just let's let's all think about this. That guy told a story about his mom knocking on a door and getting his teeth given to him in a drug baggie, and that was like an incidental throwaway. That wasn't even one of the top, like, 11 things he had to say. That was like an incidental. That's I mean, that could be a full hour for a lot of these calls. I don't know. I go back and forth. I tell you, I really like that guy. found him charming, found him funny. Definitely one of the funnier, um, just outright personalities who's called the show. But that being said, I don't know. I hear his kid in the background. And I hope he's okay. I hope our caller is okay. And he seems so focused up on being a good dad, being there for his son. So I hope that's the... I hope that's the case. But, yeah, man, that guy's lived through a lot. He's going to live through a lot more. I, I wish him well, and I thank him for calling, and I hope I get to talk to you someday. Just follow me on Twitter. I tweet out the number when we're doing the show. It's just the simplest way to make it work. I want to thank a bunch of people. I want to thank our caller. I want to thank our many listeners. If you're out there and you're listening you want to support the show, so many people listen to the show, and if just a small fraction of you guys took the time to leave a review, man, we would stomp. We'd stomp. We'd destroy. We'd be world conquerors. And your review can be anything. Like, one of my favorites, as somebody said, listening to this near my cats makes them start fighting. They are both very passive, but during the first episode, they started attacking one another for no reason. So it must be good. Like, I'll take that. That's a review. I'll take that. Thank you for that, Coyness 16. Very bizarre. I want to thank John Delore, I want to thank Greta Cohn for making this thing uh, not just a pile of my rambling, but an actual digestible show. I want to thank Shellshag. Shellshag's a great, great band. They provide all the music for this show, and they are true artists that I hope you support. And once again, I'm doing an off-Broadway show presented by Judd Apatow. It's called Career Suicide. It's a dark show, but it's funny. And I think in particular, fans of this podcast might enjoy it. You can get info and tickets at www.careersuicideshow.com. Here's what you might hear next time. Hilarious. Yeah. So what do we need to know? Yeah, so mom. Me... Oh god, my mom used to be crazy in high school. Your mom was crazy in high school? Huh? <laughs> Not in high school. Not in high school. More in college. In high school. I also like that you sensed that was that I was about already. to ask your mom about you, and you immediately flipped it onto your mom. Good job on that one.
1: <laughs> I feel like I feel like it, you you get to know me a little more when you get to know my mom. Totally
0: next time on Beautiful Anonymous.
1: Now Hear This is coming to Anaheim this October. It's a brand new podcast festival where you can hang out with your favorite hosts and other podcast superfans, and everyone is going to be there. Everyone? Everyone. I'm talking Comedy Bang Bang.
0: Good morning.
1: One of my favorite movies about one of my favorite places. WTF! And then at first I thought this is fun. Then I yeah. thought I'm going to die. Yeah. And that's Louis C.K.'s work. That's <laughs> <laughs> criminal.
0: Did you think for a second, oh, I'm like I'm I'm, an, I'm dying. I'm going to die.
1: Oh yeah, I thought it was it. Absolutely.
0: Love off. They say that ghosts are people caught between two worlds. I'm caught between two worlds.
1: Plus, Super Ego, How Did This Get Made, Pop Culture Happy Hour, Nation. Lore, The Memory Palace, Tannis, Hello From the Magic Tavern, and over 30 podcasts in total. Tickets are going fast, including a very limited number of intimate VIP packages with reserved seating. So get yours now and learn all the details at NowHearThisFest.com. This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com.